You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Welcome to our couch. Take a seat. It's time for therapy. Movie therapy. I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture critic and co-author of How to Be Fine. And I'm Rafer Guzman, film critic for Newsday. In each episode of Movie Therapy, we offer up questionable advice and solid movie recommendations for whatever ails you. Yes, we do. Now note, we are not real therapists or real doctors, and our prescription pads are usually just filled with doodles, and they're not even (laughs) prescription pads. They are actually notebooks and post-it notes. But sometimes those doodles have to do with movies and TV, and that includes our notebooks today. That's Those are the best kind. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so Kristen, let's start with this week's letters. You, you want to do the first one? No, I'm going to let you read this oh. one. It's one that I think both you and I have a lot of thoughts on from Cheryl. Oh, you're going to throw this one to me. Okay, Kristen. Yes, okay, yes. Okay, yes. All right. Cheryl says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, it's been four days since I officially quit smoking. The withdrawal is awesome. And by that, I mean... I'm sick and having a very hard time. Any tips? Note, I can't go for walks because I have hip issues and will be having a hip replacement soon. Now, Kristen. (sighs) Cheryl. Has smoking been a something? Is this something that you can relate to? Oh, my God. Both you and I can relate to this, Rafer. Yeah, but... But I haven't had a cigarette for years now, actually. Yeah. Hold on. When's the last time you had a cigarette? Just a second. I officially quit. It's really funny that you you picked this letter because I officially quit uh, three years ago this month. Not just this month, but I think it was August 3rd. And we're recording this podcast <gasps> pretty close to August 3rd right now, aren't we? Wow. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a little uncanny that you chose this one. Now, listen... Kristen and Cheryl, our listener, don't look to me for wisdom. <laughs> just, let, me, let me just throw that out there right now. I, um, I have quit. I have certainly fallen off the wagon here and there. It's difficult. Smoking is, I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know, I, I, I don't know what the words are to describe how difficult it is, I think, to quit smoking. But Kristen, the thing with you is you always seem like one of those magical people who is like, oh, are there cigarettes around? I'll have a cigarette. Oh, there are no cigarettes around? I don't care. Whereas I always felt like, God, I'd give anything to be that person. <laughs> um, yeah, that was my smoking for years. So I smoked pretty steadily off and on 
for over a decade, starting when I was a teenager. Oh, okay. And then after that, I went down to smoking, you know, a couple times a week or a couple times a day. And then, Rafer, you and I used to just once yep. in a while smoke after a movie oh, or yeah. smoke after a taping or go to a bar and smoke after the bar. Yeah, oh, Actually, yeah. you and I must have smoked together a lot. I have a lot of smoking memories of us, Rafer. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> no, they're good memories. That's one of the tough parts about not smoking anymore. I actually have fond memories of smoking. Yeah. And um, a lot of my friends I met through smoking or yep. – and also I just – I don't want to make smoking sound delicious, but God, I have good memories of it. And I still dream about it once in a while. Oh. Every once in a while I have a dream and I'm smoking and it's glorious. Oh, it is I glorious. It. It's completely glorious. It's completely delicious. There's no there's no doubt about it. Let's not pretend otherwise. My um, Every cigarette's like a little vacation. Oh, my God. My dad well, tried to quit. My dad's been a smoker for, oh, I don't know, you know, my entire life and more. Um, <laughs> you know, he probably started when he was in his early teens, I bet you. And my dad tried to quit once, and the 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 cockamamie prescription that someone came up with was to put put some cigarette butts in a peanut butter jar, and take a huff of it before you go to bed. And that was oh god, put your, just put your nose in it and take a huff of it before you go to bed. And of course, what happened? My dad would go all day just looking forward to the to the to the night when he could unscrew that peanut butter jar, and just stick his face <laughs> in there, and just take a <laughs> because that was all he could get. And of oh course, God. right? So, you know, listen, uh, Cheryl, it's the hardest thing. God almighty, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. I'll just tell you, it, you know, you'll never be perfect at it. I don't think it, you might fall off the wagon here and there. Get back on it. I, I, you know, it's all you can do. It's all you can do. Like I say, I, I speak to you from experience, but I'm not the voice of wisdom. Kristen, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. What what's what's your advice and do you have a recommendation for Cheryl? Yes. Um so what finally got me to really quit smoking and this is going to come into my movie prescription as well is I focused on my vanity. Mm -hmm. I thought about what's my face going to look like <laughs> and good strategy. What's happening to my leathery uh, splotchy, poor circulation face. Teeth, eyes. Oh, the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. And so I just focused on my vanity and I let myself just think about my vanity as much as I wanted to. I joined chat rooms where we just talked about skincare. I joined chat rooms where we talked about smoking and people would send me before and after pictures of people who quit smoking. Oh, um, good advice. I got really into that because you know, I was young and stupid and people telling me I might get lung disease didn't affect me. No, I was. Who cares? No, I, I, I'm like, whatever. It's fine. I'll die someday. I don't care if I get lung disease. I'll be dead at 30, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, it didn't matter to me. I at don't all. care. No. Live fast, die young. But I did care about my vanity. Sure. And I will say that other countries have tried it where they would put warnings on packages of cigarettes, not of what would happen to your lungs if you continued smoking, but there were some countries that had warning labels that would show people before and after 20 years of smoking oh, wow. and what their skin looked like. <laughs> That's grim. And apparently that did more to get women to quit smoking than anything they'd done that was medically related about lung health or whatever. So I'll say I, I, I fell for that kind of method, too. And that's how I got myself to quit smoking. Just focus on my vanity. Whatever God, works. God, I'm terrible, aren't I? No, what, no, whatever <laughs> works, man. Whatever works. Just like John Lennon said, man, whatever gets you through the night. I totally agree. Yes. So, so Kristen, what's, what's your prescription? All right. So in keeping with that focus on vanity, I am going to prescribe you, Cheryl, a new show from Netflix called Skin Decision. 
before and after. Now, skin decision, I know it's going to sound smarmy, but let me just explain it to you. A little bit, yeah. It it centers on Nurse Jamie and plastic surgeon Dr. Sheila Nazarian using the latest procedures to make over their clients who are looking for fresh starts. Now, sometimes they're giving people um, facials and lasering and plastic surgery because they've gone through terrible things like near-fatal car crashes or violent crimes. So sometimes it's ah, very, very dramatic. Right. And some of the episodes are real tearjerkers, like the one with Atticus, who wants gender confirmation top surgery, and Katrina, who wants to erase the scars she carries after her husband violently attacked her. But I want you, Cheryl, to watch episode five, which features Patty, a woman whose skin looks old decades beyond her years because of a lifetime of smoking. And they discuss at length what they need to do to try and make her skin look slightly better, knowing that smoking is probably the worst thing she ever could have done for her appearance. Here's a clip. The hardest part of my day is just trying to hide my body. Yeah. I've done all of the above. It's just so hard. It's very, very traumatizing. It changes you. I don't have to look like Barbie. I just want to look normal. Our philosophy is your skin tells a story. And I think some of these scars tell a story you don't want to tell anymore. So do we have a plan for you? I want to drop a Nurse Jamie beauty bomb on you. <laughs> We're going to hit the reset button. You're a magician. Oh my God. Look at me. It's a moment to shine. Wow, Kristen. Heavy. It is, but it's also, you heard that music there. It's it's also full of hope. It's also full of fresh starts. It's also full of possibilities. And yeah, some of it's very heavy. Some some of these stories are really, really heartbreaking. But, you know, just focus on the one, Cheryl, that's about Patty and her skin and smoking. Watch that episode as many times as you need to. Find an outlet to talk to people anytime you want a cigarette. At least that's what I did. And maybe that will help you also. One other thing, this may make you need to go to the bathroom more than usual. But every time I wanted a cigarette and it didn't work enough just to talk with somebody, I would make myself a cup of tea. And God, I drank a lot of tea. Oh, wow. No kidding. So much tea. Like 30 cups a day, probably. <laughs> so much tea. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. But, Rafer, I want to hear what your prescription is for Cheryl. Well, okay. I've, I've, I've chosen a movie uh, that is about addiction. Uh, it's a movie called Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. It's from 2018. You might remember the title. It's from uh, the great Gus Van Sant, the director, uh, Drugstore Cowboy. Mm, yes. Another movie about of addiction. Course. Uh, Goodwill Hunting, many, many other movies. It's a, a biographical film about a real guy, a cartoonist named John Callahan, played by Joaquin Phoenix in yet another amazing performance. I won't bother loading superlatives onto Joaquin Phoenix. We all know how good he is. <laughs> He's great here. Uh, so John Callahan begins this film as an alcoholic, you know, and a pretty severe one. He's the kind of guy who gets the shakes in the morning if he doesn't start chugging some gin in the shower. At night, one night, he goes on a bender with some dude he just met, a guy named Dexter, played by Jack Black, actually. They, they, they party, they go from bar to bar, they get blind drunk, they get in his car, they crash, and John Callahan wakes up in the hospital, a quadriplegic, paralyzed from the neck down. Continues to drink, even in his wheelchair, even though he cannot physically lift a bottle to his mouth, he finds a way to continue to be a raging, raging alcoholic. Finally, he kind of bites the bullet, humbles himself, drags himself to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Even then, he kind of can't really face the facts 
but he starts to meet other people who have addictions as bad, if not worse, than his own. Uh, here's a clip of John talking to his sponsor. Donnie, uh, you'll recognize the voice. This is the voice of Jonah Hill in what might actually be the film's best performance. So here's John talking to his sponsor, Donnie. Donnie, I see gymnasts in the park. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're preparing for the Olympics next year. I'm serious. I've been seeing them since my physical recovery. Uh, maybe they're manifestations of your sobriety. We first saw them in the emergency ward. Maybe they're sticking around to get what they want. Well, what do they want? For you to come with them? Yeah. Where do? Because they're waving to me, you know? To the big park in the sky. It could be calling from the other side. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. I don't want to go to the park in the sky. Callahan, don't obsess over the gymnasts. Go to meetings. Don't drink. Read the book. Like, that's all you have to focus on. And you have to work on the second step. Like You have to believe that a power greater than yourself can restore you to sanity. Yeah, 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 I know. Rafer, this sounds really intense. It is an extremely intense movie. It's it's kind of an odd story it, just because, you know, it's this true story about an alcoholic who became like marginally famous for drawing funny but also offensive cartoons. Um, so it's kind of like an odd, it's sort of an odd subject in a way. But I will tell you, this might be the best movie about addiction that I have ever seen. It is not one of those quote unquote harrowing dramas, even though it has some of that, some of those bottoming out scenes that we kind of expect from these movies. It's really about how this guy, this addict, has to change the whole way he sees himself, the way he defines himself, the way he defines the world, and the way he is going to interact with the world. Which is to say, he kind of has to change almost everything. He really has to radically reinvent himself. And he does it, you know, bit by bit, little by little, you know, one day at a time, as they say in AA, um, maybe even one minute at a time. And he does it. And I guess I think this is another way of approaching this problem. You know, Kristen, I think, has a lot of great uh, advice for motivation and sort of what might get you to, you know, to kind of muster up your willpower. Uh, all these things are great. This is just another angle. You might, Cheryl, our listener, you might have to reinvent the way you look at yourself and what kind of person you are. That's a little bit what has helped me. I don't want to say I'm there yet, but I've had to try to reinvent myself as not a smoker, which has been a hard thing. I've been smoking since I was 17 years old. And that was really difficult to redefine myself as not that guy, something I'm still trying to do uh, and still sort of hammer that into my head. But it's one approach, and I would recommend this movie to almost anybody with any kind of addiction. It's just a it's a, it's a great movie, and and like I say, amazing performances uh, from Jonah Hill and from Joaquin Phoenix. Wow! And I gotta say, I'm a Jack Black fan, so I would look forward to seeing him oh, too. Oh, and Jack Black, yeah. Jack Black's great, in it, and and also kind of an, an interesting role for him too. You know, not the not the funny guy. You know, kind of a serious, tragic figure. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great movie, top to bottom. Excellent. So Cheryl, once again, our prescription for you is from Rafer. Don't worry, he won't get far on foot. And for me, Skin Decision, before and after on Netflix. All right, we're going to take a quick break. But before we do, a gentle reminder that we love it when you rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts. 
For example, Mixie Pixel, a great name, <laughs> recently gave us five stars and wrote, Just what the doctor ordered, Rafer and Kristen give viewing prescriptions to listeners' dilemmas, and it is both soothing and funny. The two have great suggestions beyond the obvious. I've gotten a chuckle and also learned about shows and movies that could only come from a pair of self-professed media geeks. Uh, I think that, that's accurate. I love that. I love it when we can proudly be media geeks and people appreciate it. We're not cool. We're just geeks, Rafer. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> All right. Well, stay with us. When we're back, we have someone who's been overlooked for a promotion yet again. Hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope. Never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back with our second letter of the week. Kristen, you want to take this one? Sure. This one comes from someone who has asked that we call her Amy. Amy says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, first, I am a huge fan. It's been such a dumpster fire of a year, but listening to your podcast every Friday is definitely one of the highlights of this year and my week. Oh, that's such a sweet way to open the letter. <laughs> Very. Here's my problem. I got passed over for a promotion this week, and I feel like a big loser. It stings a little more because I got passed over about two years ago for the same position. I've been in my current position for eight years now. Could you please recommend something that would help me get over my bruised ego and improve my self-talk? I'd also welcome a film that would let me live out my fantasy of telling them to take my job and stuff it and march out very dramatically into some new dream. Well, who doesn't dream of that? Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Yes. Right? <laughs> Yes, indeed. And how many and how many times a week would you say? <laughs> right. Oh, I know I've been there. I've been there. Oh yeah. Um most people have been there. Um oh gosh. Sure. You know, I, I don't want to get too bitter or complainy here, but yeah, when I see people who are, let's be frank, stupider than me and not as hard working <laughs> getting promoted over me, like, what's going on there? That's happened to me more than once. Like, come on. What's I, I going know. on here? I don't I understand. 
I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Yes, it's yeah, it's hard. And that fantasy, um, you know, the, the, the thing about that fantasy, I guess it sort of depends on what industry you work in. I know um, as a journalist, I've talked about this with many, many journalists. And the problem is you just can never have that fantasy because someday that that boss you just told to shove it is going to be the boss somewhere else. And you're going to wind mm-hmm. up applying for a job to that boss. And you're going to say, oh, my God, I wish I hadn't done that or just whatever. Right. Or I mean, you just never know when the people that you've yelled at are going to pop up in some other position of power. Very unsatisfying, Ugh. highly unsatisfying. But yeah. what can you do? I'm sure I've burned some bridges just because as much as I've tried to play nice, sometimes maybe I haven't. But sometimes I get fed up. You yeah. know me, Rafer. I was a whistleblower once at a certain employer who yes, we you will s- not name. You certainly were. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, I know. It's, yeah. yeah. Listen, it's... um. Oh boy, it's a it's a tough one, and I think everybody everybody can relate to that one for sure. Yeah, and I mean, Amy, Amy, as you're calling yourself, as far as positive self talk, please just remind yourself it happens to the smartest people all the time. There are people who are outstanding who have gone on to be hugely famous, best selling authors who've become captains of industry who, for years, people overlooked and treated like garbage. I mean, name anybody who's famous, they will tell you their backstory of how many times they were pretty much kicked to the curb and treated like they didn't matter. And so you're not alone in this. You are capable of so much. You are so wonderful. You are so smart. You are so good at your job. And the losers upstairs who are choosing not to acknowledge that, I'm going to say right now, if you're listening, go go to the curb. I'm kicking you there. I'm kicking you there right now. <laughs> so that that's that's what I'm saying right there. You can play that back over and over again if you want to feel better. <laughs> yeah, with that 10-second rewind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Kristen, do you have a recommendation? The movie I'm recommending is The Devil Wears Prada from 2006. Of course. Anne Hathaway plays Andy, a recent college graduate who dreams of being a stand-up journalist doing, you know, investigations on important stories. But somehow, despite considering the fashion world pretty stupid and shallow, she ends up working at a magazine, which is a thinly veiled Vogue magazine. Right. Working for a thinly veiled Anna Winter, played by Meryl Streep. And while working there, Meryl Streep's character abuses her, ridicules her, assigns her impossible tasks. Like, when I say impossible, like getting copies of the newest Harry Potter manuscript for her children when it is not even in print yet. (laughs) Things like that. But no matter how bad the work is, Andy continues to jump through the hoops, subject herself to more abuse, and eventually earns a promotion, which leads to even more horrible work. Here's a clip. She's on her way. Tell everyone. She's not supposed to be here until nine. Her driver just text message and her facialist ruptured a disc. God, these people. That I can't even talk about. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Did someone eat an onion bagel? Move it. Why it's so difficult to confirm an appointment? No, I'm so sorry, Miranda. I actually did confirm last night. Your incompetence do not interest me. Tell Simone I'm not going to prove that girl that she sent me for the Brazilian layout. I asked for clean, athletic, smiling. She sent me dirty, tired, and paunchy. And RSVP yes to the Michael Kors party. I want the driver to drop me off at 9:30 and pick me up at 9:45 sharp. 
Kristen, did you say this was a thinly veiled version of Ellen DeGeneres? Oh, oh I'm, oh, I'm kidding. Rafer. Oh, come on. Come <laughs> no, on. No, you didn't, that's, that's not right to say that. <laughs> there are bad bosses everywhere, though, aren't there? There sure are bad bosses oh, everywhere. Man. You and I have worked for them, Rafer. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Yes. Yes, <laughs> indeed. But it's a great movie, though. It Devil is. Rice it is. And the reason I am recommending this, Amy, is because I want you to think about this. Would your life actually be better if you were promoted or would it be worse like Andy's in this movie? Ah, yes. Good question. Would you just get more garbage thrown on you than you're already getting thrown on you? Would things just get uglier and uglier at work? Maybe they would. Maybe you don't really want that promotion. And maybe you honestly need to be at a place where you're valued more. I know that now the job market is not great. It's really hard to find another job. But once we get out on the other side... Maybe you can move on and go somewhere else where they appreciate you and value you. I know it's hard after eight years at the same company, but it can be done. And I'm cheering for you. So it will get better. But even even if you can't switch jobs now, watch this movie and just revel in how Andy ends the movie. Yes. Oh, good point. That's a good. That's a very, very, very good point, Kristen, about the promotion. I like that. Good, good. But I am curious about what you're prescribing, Rafer. Well, I'm prescribing another pretty well-known movie. It's Jerry Maguire from 1996. Ah, Uh, I'm a little hesitant, I know, to recommend one of the most famous movies of the last 20 years or so, especially at this moment when you see it playing in a lot of places. It's playing at the the few movie theaters that are actually open. You know, the Tribeca Drive-In, Tribeca Film Festival just started a drive-in initiative across the country. They've been playing Jerry Maguire. Anyone who's having any kind of movie thing right now, they're looking at, you know, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, The Goonies, Jerry Maguire. But listen, Mm -hmm. uh, I do think that when people think about Jerry Maguire... They mostly think of the romance between Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger. You had me at hello, et cetera, et cetera. And maybe you, you complete me. <laughs> you complete. Me. I hate that line so much. Oh That's true. That's an every. I bet that the Simpsons have probably made fun of that line twenty or thirty times. Yeah, and then maybe you think of, of you know Cuba Gooding Jr. saying, "Show me the money." But I think <laughs> what people forget is that it's a movie about a guy, a sports agent played by Tom Cruise, who leaves his firm to strike out on his own and do business business his way, the way he wants to do it, with this kind of uh, more of a sense of integrity and humanity than he has at his current firm. And it does feature one of the best I quit scenes in the movies. And here's just a small part of that scene. If anybody else wants to come with me, this moment will be the moment of something real and fun and inspiring in this God- forsaken business, and we will do it together. Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me besides Flipper here? I will go with you. Dorothy Boyd, thank you. Rafer. So satisfying. I forgot about how good that quit scene is. It's, it's great. It's like wish fulfillment for so many of us to be able to ever do that. That is beautiful. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful scene. And it's, and you know, it also has these moments of awkwardness, right? I mean, he gets to say everything he wants to say and tell everybody else off. It doesn't go exactly as 
as well as he'd like to, you know, who's coming with me? Not that many people come with him. Only Renee Zellweger and the goldfish go with him. Um, but I guess what I think about is that what that scene says and what the movie ultimately, when you watch the whole thing all the way through the end, is that the movie says you can and should quit your job if you're not happy, but you've got to go out and make that happiness yourself. You've got to go out and get it. You know, these, everybody else... Forget those people. Their, their opinion doesn't matter. The other people in Jerry Maguire's office, they're doing their own thing. They've got bills to pay. They're not going to quit. They're happy enough. Maybe they aren't that happy in their job, but they're staying. And either way, so what? You've got to make it work for you. The phrase, happiness is the best revenge, is one of my favorite phrases. If you really can, go out and make yourself happy and, frankly, literally forget about all the people that ever made you unhappy you win. It doesn't matter if you actually get revenge on them and show off your new Rolex or what a great job you have or whatever. If you're happy and you're doing what you want, you're the one who wins. And so you've moved on. And so I guess that's, I guess that's what I'm saying to Amy, our listener. If you haven't seen Jerry Maguire in a while, add that to your list and give yourself that moving on kind of feeling. Yes. Yes. I love it, Rafer. And I 100% agree with you. Happiness is the best revenge. It really is. Totally. You know what I love when someone thinks that you're in competition with them and you have not thought about them for years. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, excuse me. What? 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 I'm sorry. Who are you? Have right. we met? Right. <laughs> I'm That's living a great, great life. <laughs> All right. So once again, our recommendations are from me, Jerry Maguire, and from Kristen, The Devil Wears Prada. All right, we're going to take another quick break. But before we do, are you in a predicament where you could use some questionable advice and a good TV or movie recommendation? Write to us at RaferandKristen at gmail.com. You do not have to use your real name. You can be like Amy, who just now said, call me Amy. That's totally fine. That's right. That's right. And we will. Um, and you can also use the contact form on our website, which is RaferandKristen.com. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Rafer Guzman and at Kristen Meinzer. All right, when we're back, we have our What Should I Watch Next Letter of the Week. Stay with us. All right, we're back with our What Should I Watch Next Letter of the Week. Rafer, take it away. This letter is from Ash. Ash says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, I am a medical geriatric social worker. I love my job but it can be really heavy at times, especially with COVID-19. The film Crazy Rich Asians is my go-to feel-good favorite. I've watched it about 12 times already, and I'm looking for another feel-good film to help me decompress after a long day at work. I love a good rom-com, and I love great costumes. Please help. I love your show so much. You both had so much happiness to my commute. Thanks in advance. Stay safe and healthy. Oh, Ash. Yeah, it's very nice. I love hearing from people who work with older populations. Um, I have such a soft spot in my heart for older people. Um, I used to be, um, there's this organization called Little Brothers, Friends of the Elderly, you know, Big Brothers. Um, oh, yeah. It's kind of like the reverse of that. And I used to volunteer with them. And um, my first job in New York was working at a nonprofit with seniors. And my Nana was my best friend when I was growing up because I am a nerd. Um, Ash, <laughs> now has got to be a really tough time. And Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for taking care of our older people. Yeah, Ash, uh, that's a heavy job at the best of times. Um, my mother was a hospice worker for uh, with the elderly for a long time as well, volunteer. But boy, I mean, you know, it uh, sounds like the kind of thing that can definitely, definitely get to you. 
Well, I have, if Kristen, if, if you want me to go first, I've got, a, I've got something. I want you to because I am so excited about your prescription. I, <laughs> I peaked. I'm sorry. I peaked. You I peaked. saw what you chose. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just got so excited because I saw one of the words, and you know I love that word. I know you do. The recommendation is, of course, Last Christmas from 2019. Yes, last Christmas. <laughs> I gave you my heart. But the very next day, Rafer, you gave it away. Oh, well, one of my favorite Christmas songs. One of my absolute favorite Christmas songs from yes. Wham. Um, so good. So good. Thank you, George Michael, R.I.P. Oh, good grief. Yeah, one of the best. Well, uh, this movie, of course, has an entire soundtrack of nothing but George Michael and Wham, of course. Um, so I- I'll just tell you a little bit about this film, which came out last year. It didn't do that well. The reviews weren't that great. My review was kind of one of the more generous, and I'm not going to say I gave it a glowing review, but I thought it had some things in it that worked well. I'll recommend this partly because it does, in fact, feature Henry Golding, the hunky guy yes. from Crazy Rich Asians. Mm, so dreamy. You, do you, are you a big Henry Golding fan? Oh, look at him. How could you not be? <laughs> well, that's Anybody right. who can see, it's just like, look at him. He's just delicious. That's mm. why you liked uh, Simple Favor, too, which you recommended recently. Oh, yeah. He looks so good in that, too. He never doesn't look good. Yes. yes. Well, so yeah, this is your perfect movie, Kristen. Christmas and Henry Golding. <laughs> yes, I love Christmas and Henry Golding. And for, and for me, it has uh, Amelia Clark, who I, who I like a lot, um, who I think is just uh, adorableness incarnate. <laughs> she plays Kate. She's a young Londoner with a bad attitude. She works at a, as an elf in a Christmas decoration shop. She's a total sourpuss. She's, you know, kind of scaring away the customers type. Uh, Henry Golding plays a guy named Tom, this uh, upbeat, very well-dressed bloke who's always right riding a bicycle and telling her to be happy and saying things like, look up, you know, she's always on her iPhone, lost in her iPhone, and he'll say, look up. Uh, And they keep meeting by chance, and then a relationship develops, and they just have a little kind of opposites attract banter going, here's a little sample of the two of them poking fun at the weird Christmas items in the shop where Kate works. That's truly horrific. (laughs) I mean, who buys this stuff? Santa. She just loves Christmas more than anything else. More than taste or sanity. Yes, exactly. And that isn't even the nastiest thing we sell. Inconceivable. Hang on. Dun, dun, dun. Check it out. What is it? Is that donkey actually smiling at me? Yeah, yeah, and that baby has a full set of teeth. I sold four of these last week. I'm that good. (laughs) Oh, it's a a techno manger. Yeah, yeah. It's a disco nativity scene. (laughs) Now, just a shout out to Michelle Yeoh, who is in this movie yes. as the Christmas shop owner, who is also in Crazy Rich Asian. So that's right. a bonus of crossover performances. That's right. Uh, also, Michelle Yeoh um, just about runs away with this movie whenever she's in she's it. She's so good. She's just, her, the, the scenes between her and Amelia Clark are uh, are just are lovely. They're, they're so funny. And Michelle Yeoh is the sort of it's great because Amelia Clark is the is the is the the whiny, petulant, bratty, white kid and michelle yo is the no-nonsense asian auntie who doesn't want to hear all of her, all her crap and the two of them are just they're they're really good together i would say this to you ash this movie as i'm sure kristen will agree is beyond corny mm. it is it is beyond cliched it is it is predictable it is saffy it is cloying so good yes. uh the one thing i noticed about this movie <laughs> do you know do you know those little those little 15 watt vintage light bulbs that you see at like restaurants at like outdoor patios, mm-hmm. yeah. things like that. They give that they give out that nice little golden glow. I feel like they are almost the only light source 
in this entire film. <laughs> Everywhere Tom takes Kate is lit by 15 watch vintage light bulbs. It's like it's like every skating rink, every park, every restaurant, every street, the shop where she works, literally every place. They had the, the movie cost 30 million dollars to make and they spent 29 million dollars of it on vintage light bulbs. <laughs> um, it's that it's just it's that kind of movie. But I do think it's very it's sweet and it's charming and it's got a good heart. It's Christmassy. It's got all those George Michael songs. The two leads are very charming and 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 easy on the eyes. And after a heavy day of work, I think this could be exactly what you need. Totally agree. I, I love that you came up with this, Rafer. I never would have guessed that of the two of us that you would be the one choosing a Christmas movie. I know. And it got such bad reviews. And I remember and I got and I was, you know, I gave it a review and I kind of I basically I just said, you know, listen, it's, you know, is it the most original rom-com we've ever seen? Definitely not. But it's got some things going for it. And, you know, I think it's I think especially at a time like this in the middle of a pandemic, you know, this could be the kind of thing that'll just give you a little break from your from your life. Yeah, it is really sweet. And I really love this movie. I loved it. And maybe I cried a little bit, too. Oh, of course. Of course. Because <laughs> it's me. Of course I'm going to cry. <laughs> well, Kristen, all right. And and you, what do you recommend for Ash? This is right up your wheelhouse. This is the perfect oh, question for gosh. you. Gosh, I, I, I could have named 200 movies, but I decided on just one. Pitch Perfect from 2012. Of course. The acapella smackdown extravaganza <laughs> starring... Anna Kendrick as Becca, a freshman at Barden University who reluctantly joins their disgraced all-female a cappella group, the Barden Bellas. The group is led by an uptight senior named Aubrey, played by Anna Camp, who is fantastic. I love Anna Camp. I just She's think, great in this movie. Yeah. She is so good at just being mean and terrible. I love her. And um, the movie also includes Rebel Wilson, Brittany Snow, uh, lots of other recognizable faces. And Becca tries her best to invigorate the tired old uh, sets that the Barden Bellas usually perform. Uh, she struggles to help bring them to victory at the collegiate a cappella competition. There is some romance. There's some comedy. There is lots and lots of singing. And the singing also includes uh, riff-offs where people meet in the streets after dark. Yes. <laughs> and here's one of those riff-offs. This is Esther Dean singing here. And our next category is songs about sex. Sex? Baby, let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. All through the night, I'll make love to you like you want me to. And I guess that's just the woman in you. That brings out the man in me. Rafer, I've never asked you this before. I'm a little bit afraid to ask. Are you a Pitch Perfect fan? I love Pitch Perfect. Oh, good. I good. love Pitch I'm Perfect. Glad. I, you know, I, I, I even, if I'm remembering correctly, I even thought Pitch Perfect 2 was kind of okay. Mm. Yeah, so-so. <laughs> 
Pitch Perfect 3, things no. go pretty far south no. in Pitch Perfect very 3. Bad. Any, any, very, very bad. Anytime your movie turns into a spy spoof, you know things have gone south. Not good. <laughs> Always a bad sign. That means you've completely run out of ideas. Yeah, but um, but the first, the first Pitch Perfect is really like, it's like one of those great old movies from the 80s or 90s that's just like a total crowd pleaser. It's got a really just winning spirit, uh, you know, kind Pretty much all ages, some kind of body humor, I guess, especially from Rebel Wilson. We showed it to our kids, and I think our kids got a, and they're both boys, and they got a total kick out of it. Um, oh yay! Yeah, but I, I, it's such a, it's just such a bright, fun, good-hearted, lovely movie. I, 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 I've always loved that movie. Oh, good, and and I really think this is something you can watch again and again and feel delighted each time. Totally. Uh, the singing numbers. I'm gonna say straight up here: not everyone is even the best singer in it, but they have such showmanship. Right. And their outfits are so cute. One of their stage outfits is just them dressed as flight attendants, which I think is adorable. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So if you want some good costumes, if you want some good rom-com, if you want totally. things that are just silly and escapist, yeah, pitch perfect. That's that's my suggestion. I think that's great advice, Kristen. Her recommendation is pitch perfect. And for me, last Christmas. Between those two movies, that's you, you got you got to be in some kind of a good mood by the end of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you should just put those two along with Crazy Rich Asians on rotation every week. (laughs) It's hard not to be happy when you have those three movies on rotation. Totally. All right. Well, I guess that's it for this week's episode of Movie Therapy, Rafer. I cannot believe we are ending on a Christmas note, but that is the best way to end all things and start all things and live all things. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right, even even in this hot summer. Uh, all right. Well, listeners, please don't hesitate to reach out. If you need some questionable advice and solid movie recommendations, you know where to find us, Rafer and Kristen at gmail.com. Yes. And if you haven't already, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or wherever wherever you listen. It's kind of like the same thing as Rotten Tomatoes. When you see like a good Rotten Tomato rating, yeah. you want to see that movie, right? That's right. Well, we want that for our podcast. We want to be 100% fresh. So go into Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. Until next time, I'm Rafer Guzman. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! <laughs>